morning. Hope you had a great Christmas. And now we're looking forward to New Year. And for a lot of people, I know that means making New Year's resolutions. I saw a list of the top five resolutions that are made every year. Number five was uh, getting involved in a new hobby. Number four was making more money. Number three was uh, repairing relationships. Number two was quitting smoking. And the number one resolution was to... Yeah. Yeah. It's like the woman who, after the holidays, walked by the bathroom and saw her husband in there on the scales, weighing himself, and uh, she noticed he was sucking in his stomach. And she told him, she's, she's thinking, you know, if he's thinking that's helping him, he's got more problems than the weight, you know. And, and so she says to him, you know that's not going to help, right? And he looks back at her and says, well, yeah, it is. He goes, otherwise I can't see the numbers. <laughs> well, whatever resolutions you may be making in this, uh, this time of year, we want to talk about some of the things we think about that should be at the top of the list. Uh, last weekend, for those of you who may have been here at one of the early services, we talked about how you could learn a whole lot about someone and still not know them. Uh, you know, but beyond meeting that person, if you really want to know them well, there's more than just meeting them, right? I mean, you actually have to spend time with them. Guys, if you, the day you, you met the girl that you ended up marrying, when you met her, none of you thought you were done, right? <laughs> you thought you were just starting. You, you had to step up. You had to pursue her. Notice I didn't say stalk her. I said... <laughs> And your pursuit of her shouldn't end when you get married. Getting to know your wife, getting to know your husband is a lifelong pursuit. And it's the same with God. We should be all about pursuing him in order to know him better for the rest of our lives. So if I start today by telling you I'm going to talk about all of us being resolved to spend more time with God in His Word in this coming year, that's probably too, not too much of a surprise. You, you may have heard that suggestion a thousand times, and some of us try, and some of us do okay at it, and some of us struggle with it. I just want to talk today and make some suggestions that will help you, hopefully. And hopefully, if you've heard that a lot, you weren't just listening politely and sort of your mind somewhere else. If that's the case, maybe we need to be reminded of the why instead of the what. You know, if you went to a doctor because you weren't feeling too well and he gave you a prescription and told you taking one of these pills every morning is absolutely essential to your good health, that if you didn't take that pill, your life would be shortened by 10 years. You'd take the pill, wouldn't you? I mean, because of the why. The why suddenly adds a push to us. So we need to think about some whys for us to be in God's word. And basically it all adds up. Without it, there's no way that we're going to be spiritually healthy. It's absolutely essential for the health of your relationship with God that you spend time in his word. Otherwise you lose power. You find yourself not being able to live consistently and not being able to live in a way that honors Christ. So it's for our spiritual health that we need to get into it. But also, just think about the fact 
that God has spoken to us. That's a life-changing thought right there, that God would want to talk to us. I mean, there's nobody else higher, right? And he wants to talk to us. And by the way, if you have questions about whether he has spoken, I'm not going to get into just a uh, get into a bunch of evidence for that today. We've done that before. And if you have questions about that, you can take a look at a, passage, uh, a message that Pastor Kevin did a little while back. We've put it back up on our website. And so you can go to ohiograce.com and, and look for the title, and click on media, and then look for the title, God Questions Number Four. And hopefully that will answer some of the questions you might be having. having. The fact is, we believe God has spoken. And we know he's spoken in a number of ways. He's spoken through creation, right? Psalm 19.1 says, the heavens are telling of the glory of God and their expanse is declaring the work of his hands. God speaks to us. He's spoken through creation. He's telling us of his glory. So you walk outside on a snowy, cold morning. You look up in the sky and it's telling us about God. If somebody ever says to you, well, why didn't God write something in the sky? Well, the fact is he did. He wrote it in the sky, all about himself. The Bible also tells us, Romans 1.20, for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made so that they are without excuse. God is speaking to us, has spoken to us through creation, revealing his eternal power, his divine nature. That's all good stuff. Creation is great. But God has spoken even more directly to us through what's called special revelation. Special revelation involves two primary ways that that's happened. First, there's through the person of Jesus. Hebrews 1.3, the writer of Hebrews says that he, talking about Jesus, is the radiance of his glory, talking about the Father. He's the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature and upholds all things by the word of power, his power. When he made purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. He's the exact representation of his nature. He's the radiance of his glory. You want to know what God is like? Look at Jesus. God has revealed himself through his son. But in special revelation, there's also the word, the written word. And the writer of Hebrews, just before that last verse, says this in verse 1 and 2. God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers in the prophets, in many portions and in many ways, in these last days has spoken to us in his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world. So God spoke. God spoke. He has spoken. He spoke through the prophets, and then he spoke through Jesus. And I think what we have there is an allusion to both the Old and New Testament, the prophets of the Old Testament, Jesus in the New. We have God's Word right here in our hands, in our laps, on our device, on the screen. God's Word. He has spoken. This is God's Word. And because it's God's Word, we know this. Hebrews 4.12 tells us the Word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit, of both joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Wow, it's powerful. It's living, it's active, it's sharper than any two-edged sword, it's piercing. You get the point? No pun intended there. 
the word is so powerful that it does what nothing else on earth can do. It judges the thoughts and intentions of the heart. There's no other source on this earth that can do that. It changes lives. It charges lives. It charges us up. The word's powerful. And it is promising. Think about all the great promises of Scripture that are ours to encourage us, to, for, ours, for, to, for us to enjoy. They're all throughout the Bible. Too many to name, but let me give you a few. Promises like Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Everything that God wants me to do, no matter what point in life, I know I can do that because God has strengthened me to do that. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Everything he wants. Philippians 1, uh, excuse me, Philippians 4.19, just a few verses later, and my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. My God shall supply all you need. Everything I need in life, he's promised that will be there for me. Philippians 1.6, for I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will, com- will perfect it, will finish it until the day of Christ Jesus. It's great news for us. That's Verse alone gives us evidence that our salvation is eternal, that, that we will spend. Sometimes people say, I don't know that I can know for sure that I'll go to heaven when I die. Well, if you know that Christ began a good work in you, that work of salvation, he will finish it. That's how we know. It's not because we're going to finish it. He's going to finish it for us. Great promise. Joshua 1.8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you'll be careful to do according to all that is written in it, for then you'll make your way prosperous and then you will have success. This promise that if I follow God's way, God's will, God's desire as revealed in his word, God's promising blessing on us. Deuteronomy 31.6, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or tremble at them. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you. He will not fail you nor forsake you. Another great promise, right? No matter where we go in life, we know him. He's faithful to us. He will not fail us. He will not forsake us. He never leaves us alone. We never face anything in life without him. He's promised that to us. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, no temptation is overtaking you, but such as a common demand. And God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able, but with the temptation will provide the way of escape also, so that you will be able to endure it. Thankful for that promise. There's never a point in time, never a temptation that ever comes our way that God hasn't provided a way out for us. He said... The book of Romans chapter 6 tells us we've been set free from sin. We no longer have to be slaves to it. No longer have to say yes to it. We can say no to it. Great promise. And the promises go on and on and on, right? Why wouldn't we want to be reminded of his promises to us as often as we can? Getting into the word of God reminds us of them, brings them up to our mind again, encourages us, challenges us, 
challenges us. The Word of God, it's powerful, it's promising, and it propels us to grow. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, all scriptures inspired by God. It's His product. And it's profitable, it's useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. Word of God. It's useful for teaching. It tells us the right way to go. It tells us the right things to do. And then when we fail, it's useful for rebuking us. It points us to, to what we've done wrong. And then it's useful for correction. It stands us back up. It, tells, it straightens us back out. It tells us the direction we need to head back in. And it's useful for training in righteousness so that I have the, we have the discipline to go the right direction. So that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. You want to be equipped to handle everything God has for you? You want to be able to handle everything that life throws at you? Get into the Word of God. I'm afraid way too often we're turning to other sources for answers, aren't we? We run to Google instead of God's Word. Stay in the Word. You ever see someone going through some loss or some trial, some struggle, and they, they do it with such peace and with such grace? It's way different than when others seem to fall apart when their trials come. Why, why is that? How can they do that? Well, often I think it's because they've sought God. They've pursued Him. They've grown close to Him through time with Him. And that time in the world, Word has propelled them to grow. Pursue God. Get into His Word. One of the greatest passages that deals with the significance of Scripture is Psalm 119. If you know that psalm, you know it's a really long, long psalm, right? It's divided up into 22 sections. Those, those 22 sections each begin with a letter of the Hebrew alphabet in consecutive order. It's really cool. Eight verses long, each of them, and all of them are about the significance of Scripture. I just want to look at one of them uh, for a few minutes and point out three things about the Bible from it. Psalm 119, we said last week, this relationship we have with God, it's about intimacy, not information. We see that here in the 119th Psalm, verse 9, that says this, how can a young man keep his way pure by keeping it according to your word? With all my heart, I have sought you do not let me wander from your commandments. Your word have I treasured in my heart that I may not sin against you. With all my heart, your word have I treasured in my heart. There's a hunger there, isn't there? Reminds me of the Apostle Paul in Philippians 3, 10, when he said that I may know him. It's an incredible statement coming from the Apostle Paul, isn't it? I mean, Paul... <laughs> As you're writing this, Paul, you're, you're under house arrest for serving God. And you're saying that I may know him? Paul, you've done miracles. You've, you are writing scripture as you, as you speak. 
and you're saying that I may know him? How, how is that possible? You, you, you're the most influential Christian of all time, and you're saying that I may know him. There is a desire in Paul's heart that never went away, that should never go away in ours. That desire for intimacy with God. Intimacy, not just information. So how much do we want to know God? How much do we hunger to know him? The second truth here, I think, is that truth is the greatest treasure. Verse 12 says, Blessed are you, O Lord, teach me your statutes. With my lips I have told of all the ordinance of your mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. If I ask you this morning what, what you would want changed in your life, whatever that would be, I, 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 there are probably there are no doubt things on that list that no amount of money could change. Habits we want freedom from, relationships we want mended, hearts that we want to change. No, no amount of money can change those things, but God's Word can. That's one reason the psalmist says here, it's the greatest treasure. It's priceless as much as in all riches. Truth is the greatest treasure. We've got it in our hands. And determination defeats distraction. Verse 15 says, I will meditate on your precepts and regard your ways. I shall delight in your statutes. I shall not forget your word. Do you catch the determination there? The psalmist said, I'm going to do this. I will meditate. I will delight. I will not forget. I'm going to do the secret to getting into the Bible is that there is, there is no secret. There's no secret to being in God's Word and growing from it, but it does take determination. Our relationship with God, it's just like any other relationship. The people who know God the best spend time with Him. They just flat out determine they're going to spend time with Him. And over years and years and years of consistency, day after day after day, they spend time with Him. We need to take every opportunity we have to make ourselves available to hear God's word wherever, whenever you can. That's why it's important that we're in church. I don't know how your attendance has been this past year, but you know why, why you need to be here and why maybe part of this desire to, to know God more involves being in church regularly it's so that you expose yourself to God's word. That's why you need to be here as often as you possibly can. And then beyond that, maybe you, you look around and you go, okay, there's groups I could join, there's classes I could be in, and you find yourself and you get in there and you try it out. And guess what? If it's not what you're looking for, you can jump back out. But jump back into another one. Find some way of exposing yourself to God's Word. If you look at our bulletin, there's always lists of the you know, classes that are happening on Sunday morning, things that are happening on Wednesday night, things that are happening during the week. Jump in on something to expose yourself to God's Word. Listen to the teaching that's available. And then maybe you want to get into it on your own. And, you know, I, I know I hear all the time things like, well, I don't know where to start and I don't understand what I'm reading. 
So let me provide you with some suggestions this morning. I want to provide you with some resources and some direction today to go, okay? So we've printed reading plans that are at the information center as you leave this morning that can take you through the entire Bible in, the, in 2018, okay? So you just can go pick one of those up after, uh, after the service. It will guide you in reading three or four chapters a day. You'll read through the entire Bible this year. And it's perfect timing, right? If you want to get started and get into the scriptures, you begin tomorrow, January 1, and go through the year and read through, through God's Word. That'd be great stuff. Those reading plans go from Genesis to Revelation. But you don't have to do it that way. There's little boxes beside each, each day. You, if you don't want to spend the first 39 weeks in the Old Testament and you really feel like you need some New Testament stuff, go jump into the New Testament. Read a, read a book there, but mark it down. So you mark on those little boxes that you, this is, I've, I've read through Matthew now. I'm done through Matthew. And now I can go back and jump into Genesis. Maybe we're preaching a series this, this coming year in a, in a particular book. And so you think, you know what, I'm going to jump into that book. I'm going to read it so that when the speaking's going on Sunday morning, I will have a better feel for what's going on. So I'm going to read through that book now. So jump, you can jump around, just stay in the same amount of material, and by the end of the year, you will have read through God's Word. Great stuff. Okay? That's one option for you. And so that's available at the information table this morning. Maybe you want to get online and, uh, and on your device have something like Uversion. You can get that app, Uversion. There's reading plans there. Reading plans, they'll even send you a text to remind you that day to, what to read if you haven't read it. So, you know, if you're having a hard time remembering, good to be reminded. So we encourage you to do that. There's another option for you. And, and I'm throwing out all these options just to say, it doesn't matter how you do it, just get into God's Word. Tyndale, the Christian publishing company, has published, uh, it's been out for a long time now, the one-year consecutive uh, chronological Bible, okay? One-year chronological Bible. So you can get into that book, into their uh, their Bible and read through it in a year, and they'll, they go through it and put it in chronological order. The books, the chapters, the verses, you read the whole story of the Bible chronologically. A little bit different, so maybe it's something to encourage you. I, I'm not real thrilled with the translation they use. It's more of a paraphrase, so you, maybe you want to read it along with your regular study Bible, but cool way to get into the Bible is just read through that. There's another option for you. Um, and you can get that, by the way, if you don't get it at a Christian bookstore locally, you can get it at christianbook.com, and uh, I think it costs about $14, so not much. If you need a little bit more help or looking for something different, we ordered extra copies of the devotional book that's called The Daily Bread. If you, if you know, like The Daily Bread, they, just, they give you a, 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 you know, a small portion of Scripture to read and some thoughts to go with it. And so there are extra copies of the information table. You can pick one of those up, just another way to get into God's Word if you'd like to do that. If you want to go beyond devotional, you want to do your own Bible study, you know, you're going to get into it. Um, here's what I'd suggest. First of all, get, um, get some commentaries. And, and when I say that, you probably don't want to go get a whole set, you know, because it's 
you know, I, I think about the Expositor's Bible Commentary. It's one title that I think all the pastors here almost have. Expositor's Bible Commentary. They're 12 volumes and they cost, you know, hundreds of dollars. So you probably don't want to do that. But they do have an abridged set, which is pretty cool. So you get two volumes. You can pick that up. And when you're reading, you can check out that commentary and see what these experts are telling you this means if you're having questions about it. My encouragement to you is to use the, the commentary the way you should is you open your Bible, you read it, you try to determine in your own mind what you believe this passage is teaching before you ever go to the commentary. Then you go to the commentary and you check out what they're saying and say, okay, are we agreeing? Is what I'm thinking right? And maybe these guys are wrong. Maybe I'm right. Who knows? I, well, I'm trying to figure that out. It just gives you time to think about it. So get into it that way. That will help you to have a commentary just to, to give you thoughts and, on the explanation of the meaning. Um, and if you want to feel more comfortable on your own understanding of Scripture, not relying on what other people are telling you completely, um, you want to have the ability to handle it on your own. Um, three books that are pretty inexpensive that I encourage you to get, okay? I'll, I'll just run through them quickly. Um, a book that I've taught here before on Wednesday nights, 30 Days to Understanding the Bible by Max Anders. I'd encourage you to get that book because what it does is this. It's a workbook thing, so you have to put in the, you have to put in the work. Or it won't help. You don't want to just read this book. It won't help you. You have to put in the work. But what it does is it gives you a timeline the chronological thing again, it gives you major people, it gives you major events, it gives you major places, it gives you all this information. And if you get that information down, what it does is it makes you feel a lot more comfortable when you go to Scripture to be able to know what's going on, where it's going on at, who's involved, and how it fits into the big story. And so, 30 Days to Understanding the Bible by Max Anders. The second book is a, a book it's sort of a classic by R.C. Sproul called Knowing Scripture. Uh, knowing Scripture, one of the things that book does is it gives a, a chapter or two um, on uh, basic principles of interpretation. And so if you can get those down and sort of understand where they're at, how that fits into your understanding of Scripture, and use them properly, what they will do is it will keep you from making mistakes that people tend to do when they're interpreting Scripture. So you want to stay away from the mistakes. You want to get it right. 30 days, excuse me, Knowing Scripture by R.C. Sproul. And then the third book is this, Rick Warren's Bible Study Methods. Before Rick Warren was well-known, he wrote this book, okay? And it's a, it's a, it's a good book if you like step-by-step -step stuff. He goes step-by-step -step through 12 different types of studies and shows you how to do each one. So if you wanted to do, for instance, a word study, or a book study, or a biographical study, or a topical study, 12 different types of studies, how do I do them? He's gonna take you step by step through each one so that you can get into it and be able to do that on your own. Those three books give you some of the basics to begin to build a library and to build a an ability within you as you become more skilled at what God has for you and understanding his word. And then you can go from there to add dictionary, a, a good Bible dictionary, good set of Bible encyclopedias, a good atlas. But here's the deal. There's enough resources out there 
that you never need to feel inadequate when you come to God's word. And as you get into his word, seeking him, you will grow and live the life that God intends for you to live. If, if you're spending a bunch of time reading God's word and you're not becoming more Christ-like, then you've got to ask yourself, why am I reading it? Am I reading it for information? Or am I reading it to know God more? To follow him more closely? Philippians 2.15 says this, so that you'll prove yourselves to be blameless and innocent, children of God, above reproach, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you appear as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life, so that in the day of Christ I will have reason to glory, because I did not run in vain nor toil in vain. Paul is saying there, listen, if you want to live in this world in the darkness of this world and shine as a light, if you want to be seen as a child of God above reproach in the midst of this crooked and perverse generation, hold fast the word of life. You want your life to honor God? Get into his word. Make the resolution. Resolve to spend time in God's word this year, to know him in a more intimate way before the end of 2018. With all the reasons for why we should be in God's word, we'd be crazy not to get into it, wouldn't we? Will you do that? Will you pursue him this year? Let's stand and we'll pray. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to know you. And uh, God, we don't want to take that opportunity lightly. All the things we pursue in life, knowing you should be the, the priority. Knowing you should be what we're all about. Nothing else really matters, God, except in the context of knowing you. Help us be faithful in that. And if there's someone here this morning who they've never come to a point of just even meeting you for that first time, I pray, God, that they'd uh, have that hunger to, that you'd change their heart and give them a desire to know you. God, give them that opportunity to trust in you. God, for us as believers, new year ahead, it's exciting to be able to, to know it's all in your hands. We don't know what's going to happen in this next year. Um, but God, we have the assurance that you're there, that you love us, that's in your hands, and you've spoken to us. What a privilege, God, to be able to spend time listening to you. Help us to do that, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, don't forget to stop by.